What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Hey guys, it's Mark. And I'm Charity. And welcome to the Case Watch Podcast. Case Watch deals with content meant for a mature audience. Listener discretion is advised. Case Watch. Confirming the body found in Grand Teton National Park is Gabby Petito, and she was killed. We, the jury, in the above entitled action, find the defendant, Orenthal James Simpson, not guilty of the crime of murder. Late today, Chris Watts was officially charged with the murders of his wife and his two young girls. Remember these words. If it doesn't fit, you must acquit. Hi, Mark. Hi, Charity. And hello to all of my fellow crime creeps. You are listening to the Bastard Crime Podcast, Case Watch. And without further ado, here's Mark and Charity with today's episode. Take it away. We are going to take it away. Do you know what upsets me? What? I don't know who she is. Oh, she didn't leave her name. She didn't leave her name. Whoever you are, we love you. We love you too. Call back and tell us it was you so that we can shout you out. And I'll know it's you because I have your phone number so other people can't lie and say, it was me. Oh, that's true. You know what I still love to this day? What? Is people think that's like not really a phone. I'll shoot them a text back a lot and I always get Oh, that, yeah. Oh my God, you like really responded. I'm like, yeah, because you're texting my phone. Yep, exactly. <laughs> I still love that to this day. It just makes me happy. It brings you joy. Yeah, eh, I guess. Yeah. No, it does. It brings me lots of joy. You know how it brings me joy? What? When people follow the show on social media, oh, Facebook and Instagram, Case Watch Podcast, Twitter, Case Watch Pod and Charity. I'm going to make a post today. You are? I don't know what it's going to be yet, but I'm thinking about it. I'm going to make one. On Twitter? On Twitter. Okay. It's going to happen. Maybe you should just say, tweet, tweet. I, I will. I'll just say, tweet, tweet. <laughs> We're going to do it live on the air right now, guys. So you'll know when I actually use Twitter, and you'll know when we actually recorded this episode ready. How do I tweet? How do, how do I tweet? <laughs> oh, my God. Here we go. T-W-E-E, tweet. 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 There we go. Nice. I just tweeted, tweet, it? tweet. Yes. I did. Love it. I, I Somebody's going to respond to it, too. It's going to be great. You guys are here listening about a week. <laughs> <laughs> it's awesome. That's so good. Love it. Oh, follow us personally on Instagram. I'm at NotMarkB. Charity's at Charity. Uh, go ahead and add me because I'm trying to beat her. All right. She's giving me the dirty eyeball over there. It's Charity underscore Case Watch. Yeah. We're running really low on voicemail, guys. 603-212-4600. Let us hear your awesome voices. And I'm done harassing you with all our info. Okay. Other than saying, leave a five-star douche review yep. on Apple Podcasts. Please. We're in the month of douche here at Case Watch. So oh, it's the month of douche, is it's it? the month of douche. Oh, I like that. See what happens when somebody says something negative and it gets under my skin? Yeah. Oh, well. Moving on. Moving on. Do you know what makes me happy? What makes you happy, Mark? His finger comes out. Oh, his pointer. And he goes, meow. <laughs> okay. So, you know when he does the case watch and his, his pointer goes like super high up and then comes super high down? This one's a little different. The pointer comes up and it kind of quickly bends down. 
yeah, yep, yep, do it. And then, yeah. Oh. Meow. And then as soon as the meow comes out, he has the biggest grin on his face, I swear. I'm pretty sure my face is bright red right now because I'm so excited. He's so He looks like a little kid. Guys, <laughs> this is our new segment from Tammy. Let's talk copycat crimes in honor of Sophie, the crime kitty. This is actually, this segment was made for Sophie. It really was. It's kind of funny. Actually, when Charity showed up at my house today, I was just sitting on the couch watching a YouTube video and Sophie was sitting there. Right, So I had my phone in one hand and petting Sophie the other. She walks in and she's like, this is really what you're doing on a Friday night. Guys, he's sitting in the dark with his kitty (laughs) on his phone. I'm like, what are you doing? You're like, I'm just sitting with me and Sophie. You're just sitting. I'm just looking on YouTube. We're just hanging out. <laughs> Guys, this is the overfilled litter box alert. Several movies, including Basic Instinct, American Psycho, Casablanca, and Catch Me If You Can, inspired Luke Magnata to commit the 2012 murder of Concordia University student Juan Lin. Magnata recorded the murder of the student whom he had recently met on Craigslist and also posted the video online. Oh, my God. Remember when they had those sections on Craigslist? So hold on. This story is a story that there was a whole Netflix documentary on, Don't F With Cats. Oh, yeah. This guy is messed up. He literally, I'm not even going to say what he did because it's so gross. People need to check it out. They do. I need to to cover him because he's a sicko. On the video, New Order's True Faith can be heard playing in the background, which can also be heard in American Psycho. Juan Lin was stabbed multiple times while being tied up to the bed in the same way that Johnny Boz was tied up in Basic Instinct's main character, Catherine's bed. Yep. Does this guy just think that if he keeps adding these up, like it makes him even stronger or something? This guy is a weird man. One item Magnata used to murder Juan Lin was a screwdriver, which was painted white to make it look like the ice pick Catherine used to kill Johnny Boz. Above the bed, Magnata carefully hung a poster of the movie Casablanca, which he threw away after the murder. This guy is a psycho. Yep. After the murder, Magnata fled to Paris, which is also an important location in Casablanca, claiming that the individual named Manny forced him to first kill cats and then Juan Lin. Manny was the name of Catherine's fiance in Basic Instinct. I got to be honest with you. Other than the scene where she opens her legs up, that everyone has seen online. I have not seen that movie. No? I've only seen that one scene maybe 8,000 times. Of course you have. In 2014, Magnata was captured in Berlin and flown back to Canada. While in Europe, Magnata used a false passport in the name of Kirk Trommel, which is another reference to Basic Instinct's main characters, Catherine Trommel. On the footage of the interrogation, Magnata sits cross-legged while smoking his cigarette to complete his homage to Basic Instinct, the said scene I've seen 8 million times. 8 million times. Around 2010, when Magnata first started uploading videos online of him killing kittens, he used different aliases and accounts. On one account, he posted the movie Catch Me If You Can, in which Leonardo DiCaprio is on the run from the FBI, which is a great movie, by the way. I have seen that one. Me too. All right. This guy I didn't realize killed kittens. He's gross. This makes me super sad. Yeah, it's very sad. Do you know what the crime kitty says to that? Meow. Scumbag. You don't have for cats. Give me a break. I can't. Get so angry. Oh, Mark. Do you want to know the funny part? 
when I was trying to find cute little cat sounds before we settled on this one, like Sophie was freaking out because she thought there was another cat in the house. So every time I was playing the meow, there was, there was some realistic ones. Yeah, they were. But this is the one we chose. I love it. I love it too. <laughs> awesome. That's what makes us happy. That's right. Do you know what else makes me happy? What? Finishing this darn case because you left it off at such a point where I was just like, I was all in and I, I had to wait I do the whole week. I do those types of things. I'm sorry. You do, but you keep us around. That's what happens. You dangle a kick butt case in front of us and then you pull it away. My crime shake brings all the creeps to the yard, Mark. Oh my God. You didn't just do that. I, I, I sure did. <laughs> oh my God. That just made me so happy. If, uh, if, if life couldn't get any cornier, <laughs> I did indeed say that. That's great. Charity, take it away. When we left off on the last episode, FBI agent Lee was determined to get a search warrant for inside of Robert's Houston apartment. He spoke with apartment manager and found out that Robert was the only one on the lease. He also found out from this very chatty woman. So the manager was a chatty, chatty, chatty and said to be very nosy manager. I would be too if I was running a building. Right. She said she often entered the tenant's home when they weren't home. Oh. Just to check on things, Mark. Interesting. she's the manager. After all, she she was. That was her job, right? You're the manager? Yeah, but I don't think you just enter people's house, but well, willy-nilly. I don't know. She felt like she could do so. So she did. She told Lee that Robert had some interesting items in his apartment. Items such as bondage magazines, whips, handcuffs, and women's clothes thrown all over the place. Isn't that interesting going back to the whips and bondage stuff i'm sorry i can't get around that that seems like a lot of work maybe i'm just lazy in my older years here but i guarantee i'll have at least one crime creep reach out to me privately and say like i'm totally into it that'd be awesome if you are let me know what am i missing out here i don't i don't get it mark everyone has their thing and i i love everybody to have their own thing with the most non-judgy creeps that you can possibly have. I just happen to be the most boring person. No, you're not. Guys, he's not boring. Okay, you want to know the real... Oh, all right, guys. Crime creep. Here we go. Kristen is in New York this week. And the minute she left, I door dashed. Even <laughs> door dash. Like, barely get out of the driveway. And I was door dashing. What's funny, though, is when she will send me the screenshot of the ring doorbell, like of the guy dropping off my food. All these other guys like, oh, I'm going to go do this. I'm going to go do that. I'm like, oh, oh, I'm going to watch YouTube and eat five guys from DoorDash because I'm too lazy to drive there and get it myself. (laughs) That's awesome. I would have picked it up for you on my way over, Mark. I would have DoorDashed it for you. Probably going to save some money. That's right. Exactly. DoorDash should sponsor us. Oh, that would be awesome. Take away all those fees because they're really freaking expensive. I still have never door dashed. I, I do was, all the time. When I texted you if you had already eaten before I came <laughs> over, I was gonna, I was hoping you said no because I wanted to try door dashing. Oh, boy. I could have ordered right from you. I know. Oh, well. Another career. Another career. Even more interesting than the things they found in the apartment, Lee found out that a woman saying or claiming she was his wife Stopped by the apartment telling the manager that Robert told her to clean out the apartment. That is very strange, isn't it? That's weird. There's a lot of guys that have packs, you know, with their other guy friends. Like, if I ever die, go yep. clean out this collection before somebody finds it. Yep. But like I always say, to each their own. Yeah. Like provolone. 
<laughs> You're stealing my line, I which am. I stole from another one of my shows. <laughs> Finally, on April 6th, 1990, a search warrant was granted and the FBI were able to get into the apartment. The agents confiscated all the paraphernalia in the apartment. They also removed a bunch of white towels, some of them soaked in blood. Oh, boy. Both victims that were able to escape reported that Robert always put a white towel underneath them before the sexual torture took place so that it would catch the blood. He is a sicko. He really is. They also found the horrifying pictures of Regina and pictures of Candace, even though at the time they were unidentified. So this is when they found those gross pictures. Almost a year after the search of the apartment with no other leads, Lee overheard special agent Mark Young talking about a murder that happened in Illinois. It just doesn't sound right to me. The body of the victim was found in an old barn by a farmer. Young had the case because the body had been identified as Regina Walters from Pasadena, Texas. She and her boyfriend had been missing since February 1990. The FBI was called to the case because it was said the girl was kidnapped. And when Young looked at the photos of the girl's body, he saw the strangulation with the wire and shaved pubic hair. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets and so much more download the app in virginia today and get 150 dollars in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at betmgm betmgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly see betmgm.com for terms 21 plus only virginia only new customer offer subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days please gamble responsibly gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER promotional offer not available in washington dc what's so special about hero bread soft fluffy and delicious breads buns and tortillas these ultra low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar fewer calories and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health shop now at hero.co The shaving of the pubic hair would be the telltale sign of this killer. This is like in Home Alone, the wet bandits. Yes, this is the something much yep. different and sinister. In October of 1991, Young and Lee were now working on the case together. Young looked at Lee's file on Robert and saw the sadistic pictures of the bright red welts all over the victim's body. The other victim that got away had her hair cut off just like Regina, and he also noted her pubic hair had been shaved off. Young then saw the photos of the women that were retrieved from the apartment. He was shocked to see that one of the women had short hair and very much resembled his Houston victim, Regina. He showed one of the photos to Regina's father, but obviously covered up her body so that, you know, he wouldn't see what he made her do. It's so horrible. I know. Her father identified that it was his daughter immediately. The girl in the picture had the same three birthmarks on her neck as his daughter did. Oh my God, that's so sad. To know that your daughter was killed by likely a serial killer is horrible. I mean, it's that you, to just know she was dead anyways, but I, I can't imagine. 
I really can't. Regina's father also had other information that tied Robert to his daughter's murder. Sorry, I didn't mean to be so quiet there, but our favorite Christopher. Just so I'm trying not to laugh with everything that happened on the whole. Everybody who's following us knows the whole douche debacle that happened on yep. our, our crime creep page. Well, that person quit the group and Christopher just posted somebody in a canoe. <laughs> floating away and just says bye. Like it just made my night. Oh, no. Like douche canoe away. Oh my God. That's awesome. Good good job, Christopher. You good just job. made my day. Good Sorry. Job, I didn't mean to sidetrack you, but like I'm trying <laughs> not to burst out laughing. Over there. Well, my phone went off and it said Christopher tagged the post and I was like, huh? So I looked at it. Now, normally I wouldn't check my phone and then all of a sudden I just, I'm like, oh my God, this is great. That's awesome. Regina's father also had other information that tied Robert to his daughter's murder. The phone calls from him. Remember in one of the calls, he told him that he had cut his daughter's hair. And in another call, he told him that Regina was in a barn. I did forget about that. So, but we didn't know about the barn call. Yeah. So that directly connects him now. Oh, 100%. And now they have his voice. The guy knows what it sounds like. What a complete dumbass. I really think he was so pompous that he thought he was never going to get caught for any of these horrible crimes. I agree with you. Because he'd been doing it for so long and wasn't getting caught. So he's, he's just... Building and building and building his confidence. He thought he was untouchable. Unbelievable. Now that they were sure Robert was responsible for killing Regina, the two agents had to contact Illinois, where the young girl's body was found. Don't you like how I get so excited to say it now? Because I know I'm saying it right. Yeah, that just makes my day. This is where he would have to be tried. Young knew he needed to arm himself with all the evidence he could get on his hands. He called Arizona, where Robert was serving his six years for kidnapping. He wanted all the evidence that was found inside the truck. So he called just in time because that evidence was marked to be destroyed. Why? Don't know. Didn't say. Hmm. Because that'd be something you want to hold on to. Because they didn't know the level. I think they didn't know the level of where the FBI was, knowing that he was a serial killer. And they thought he was just in jail for six years for this one crime. So they figured he'd already been sentenced to the six years and he was in jail. So they didn't need the evidence anymore. That's my thought, but I'm not sure. Here's my thought. Hey, ring, ring, ring. Hey, FBI, we have these phone things where we can talk to you. We have this really weird guy that had all this stuff in his truck. Are you working on something? Because he probably is involved with other stuff. Well, that's what that first... Uh, I know this is what I just, it's just weird. frustrating. It is. When Young went through the truck evidence, he found something that would be extremely helpful in Regina's case. He found a notebook that belonged to her with a bunch of phone numbers in it. This is how the sick man was able to call her father and taunt him. Ooh. So it sounds like to me, he had this, she had this notebook cause she was traveling, right? So she wanted to make sure she had her contacts in case she needed them. Yep. The agents were also able to compare Robert's trucking logs, and they matched up to the phone calls. The madman had also written in the notebook many things that didn't seem to make sense. They compared the handwriting to his, and of course, it was a match. So he's, they're connecting all the dots, but they're getting everything ready. By 1994, Robert was shown all the evidence Young and Lee had against him. He saw how compelling this evidence was and pleaded guilty to life in prison with no possibility of parole. Here again, I mean, I know it's because of where you're tried and all this and everything like that, but I I still don't understand why some people, I don't know, the whole death penalty equal to the whole life in jail thing. It's just so confusing to me. It all is. It It really is. is. And I, I, 
it's every case is just so different. So different. We should just have one set standard that's nationwide. Right. District Attorney Steve Smith had this to say. I've been a prosecutor since 1979, and it was one of the rare occasions when I was in the court where a defendant walked in and you felt the evil. The hairs on my arm stand up right now talking about it. Wow. Ugh, what a scumbag. Wow. So he, he, even his mere presence made people feel uncomfortable. Many other members of law enforcement and other prosecutors that worked on this case have made the same statement. They could physically feel Robert's evilness. How, like, oh. I know, I'm over here, like, looking for something to say to try to make sense of it, but I get it. Like, I, I felt that, like, ominous feeling in yeah. my skin before we just, you're around somebody and it just crawls. Exactly. What about the other three known individuals? Shouldn't he have done time for all of them as well? They certainly had enough evidence to convict. Here lies the problem. The other murders were committed in other states. Also, remember, it took almost 13 years to identify Candace's body. It wasn't until 2005, 11 years later, that Richard was extradited to Utah to be tried for the deaths of Candace Walsh and Douglas Ziskowski. I have questions, but I don't know if you're going to get there. So, okay. I want to know who this lady was who showed up at the house to clean it out. Never found out. Man. I know. I'm wicked bound. It's like driving me nuts. It wasn't the third wife. Hmm. The ex third wife. It wasn't her. I know that. So it must have been somebody he knew that. Thought it to be okay to do that. We just got our first like on the tweet, tweet, tweet. Nuh-uh. Yep. Yay. Dana likes it. Dana, we like you. <laughs> Thanks, Dana, for the liking our tweet, tweet, tweet. Remember the newlyweds traveling along spreading the word of God? Correct. The yes. couple's families wanted both the murders to be tried at the same time. They just couldn't bear to listen to what happened to their loved ones twice. All right, so here's where I think... You're better off. I know it's so hard. You don't want to hear it. But if you try them separately, you have two chances if one goes bad. I know, but. I get it, though. They just couldn't sit in two separate courtrooms and listen to the horrifying things over and over. And with him being the way he is mm-hmm. and keeping. And having to see him. Mementos and tokens oh. of these. Hearing these cases read back to them is probably like ecstasy to him. Like he's like, oh, I love this. And he's probably getting off on hearing it. I didn't even think of that. What a scumbag. Yep. The request for the same trial wasn't possible in Utah. So the prosecution dropped the charges and Robert was sent to Texas to have the trial there. It wouldn't be until 2012 when he finally pled guilty to murdering the couple and sentenced to another life sentence without possibility of parole. He was 66 years old at the time. Poor Ricky Jones' body was never found, and his family never even reported him missing. That's sad. That in of itself is super sad. So the newlyweds had family that loved and missed them very much. Ricky didn't. That breaks it's sad my in heart. itself, yeah. All of Robert's trucking logs were cross-referenced with missing girls in the same areas over the 15 years he was believed to be killing. Remember I told you we were going to touch yep. upon this? This is how it has become a possibility that he had killed up to 50 women, one to three per month. Oh, guaranteed. He had to. And he's holding them in there for like a week, two weeks, even more. Unbelievable, man. Even skeletal remains have been found. Sadly, most of these victims will never be identified and no one will know that they met their fate in such a horrific manner. That's That's horrible. so, So sad. It's been said that Robert picked victims that he hoped no one would be looking for. Runaways, prostitutes, homeless. It was definitely this way in Ricky's case. Well, think of how many other 
Rickies. Rickies there are out there. I know. Unbelievable. I know. And uh, just breaks my heart. In 2015, more than one law enforcement agency around the country shared a picture of a woman that was part of the evidence found in Robert's truck. They wanted to identify the woman and hopefully give some family closure. Someone recognized the photo of the girl right away. Pamela Milliken saw this picture of herself and the long lost memory of her account came back to her. Oh my God. She was hitchhiking at the time on her way to visit her brother. Robert picked her up and took a picture of her as soon as she was in the truck. She asked him why he took a picture of her, to which he replied, I take pictures of all my passengers. If they steal from me, I have a picture to show the police. That's actually pretty clever. Yeah. I don't want to give him any credit, trust me. But yeah, I'd still hate him. I hate him too, but that's a good response to somebody, right? That is odd. Because it makes you think, okay, he's a truck driver. He picks up a lot of hitchhikers. He's probably been burnt in the past yep. by someone taking something from him. This ensures that he has a picture that he can show the police. I don't know. Seems plausible. Yep. Here is what Pamela had to say. He told me he was going to Florida and he wanted me to come with him. At one point, he pointed to a sign on his dashboard that said, just wait. Let me guess. Ass, grass, Oh my God, cash. How, how? Cash, grass, or ass. Because no. I've heard that a million then, times in my life. And then life. it says no one rides, rides for, for free. free. Oh my God. Everybody Mark. who listens to us just said that as I did too. Oh Guaranteed. my God. But like, come on. I've never actually had it in my car, but it was definitely a saying that got said between me and my friends joking around when we were in high school. Oh my God. She goes on to say, I didn't have any money. I didn't smoke pot. So I knew which one it would be. Wow. She went on to say also that they had consensual sex and he dropped her off at a bus station in Winnipeg. So she was a lucky one. That's odd. Very odd. It doesn't fit his MO. It doesn't. Hmm. But maybe that's maybe because she was willing to give him that. It wasn't fun, right? Because if you don't have to subdue somebody or strap them down. You're on to something there because, yeah, as soon as... You, she was I too think willing. You got it. Yep. She was like, "All right, well, I guess this is what I have to do." So that was people only want what they can't have. So that was zero fun for him, I think. Once he had, yeah, I, I, okay, you got me there. I believe you. I'm wicked smart. Not. <laughs> You're so weird. I know. Deborah Davis was Robert's third wife. She appeared on the series Evil Lives Here. That that series is a really good series. Yes, it's I've on my house lots all of the time. Information from there on all different cases. It's very sad, but it's very well done. Deborah met her future husband in a bar in Houston, Texas in 1980s. He was in a pilot's uniform, Mark, and he seemed very nice. I'm sure he did. Mm. He was wearing a pilot's uniform. Well, I mean, it's always been said that women respect a man in uniform and they find them sexy. So. That's probably why he put the damn uniform on. Whatever. I'm going to see how much it costs to get a pilot's uniform yeah, on He's Amazon. literally looking on his phone right now. <laughs> Well, they spent the entire night together dancing away. Shortly into the relationship, Deborah realized he lied about being a pilot. But she really already had some really strong feelings for him, so she stayed. So right away, it was apparent that he was not a pilot at all. <laughs> that makes me wonder how. Right. But like, you know, she probably just wanted love and thought, well, he seems like a nice guy. Here's another thing. Here you get a psychotic guy like this that goes out and kills women all the time. How do they lead a normal life and have a wife? I don't understand it. How do they decide, like, I'm going to wife this one? It's like that game, F, Mary kill. How yeah. does he decide, like, oh, I'm going to wife this one. I'm oh, going to kill this one. I don't know. Because he just did all three of the last three or, people you just said. Or do they 
try to hold the normal life as the front so that nobody finds out. It's all on the table. I, I, yeah. I don't know what to say. It's unbelievable how some of these people leave these multiple lives. I don't know either. She quickly realized that Robert wasn't a faithful man as she caught him with another woman. She did leave him because of this, but he weaseled his way back in and they got married. She was very happy as a newlywed, but things changed. He wanted sex all the time, and he started having her do sex acts that made her feel extremely uncomfortable. The final straw was when he forced her to have sex against her will. What a scumbag. Dirtbag. Guys, remember, no means no, even if it's your wife. Absolutely. Right. You don't own the person. Yeah, I I never understood that. Never. I don't care. It's just, it's never okay. This was only after a year and a half of marriage. Shortly after they divorced, Robert was arrested. Deborah has said for a long time she held on to much guilt. Now knowing that while she was with this man, he was torturing and sexually abusing many women. I don't even think we can call him a man. He's a scumbag. I agree. She thought to herself, how didn't I know? She felt guilty about that. Kind of like I could have stopped it. Maybe. I don't know. It's really weird when you look back on that kind of stuff, though, because you only see what you want to see. It's exactly. weird how that happens. It really is. In happier events, Deborah was able to find love, get married, and have some children. She has worked with domestic abuse and rape survivors. She has also spoken at domestic violence conferences, hoping that sharing her story will help other survivors. So she turned it, this horrible thing around in her life because she could have taken that and said, oh, oh my God, I'm yep. completely, you know, this messed with my head so much that now I'm going to go to get just get into bad things and she turned it into helping people so i thought that was great very respectful to do yes robert ben rhodes is serving his two life sentences with no possibility of parole at the menard correctional center in chester illinois he is currently 74 years old and we will likely never know the number of lives he took during that 15 year span unbelievable i wonder Yeah, like I said, how many more of those people who people are not looking for are there out there? Right. I know. So like I always do, I'm going to try to end with some information about some of the victims, but there really was hardly anything. That's the sad part. So I'm just going to read what I have. Regina K. Walters was born in Pasadena, Texas on May 5th, 1975. She decided to leave home when she was just 14 years old with her boyfriend at the time, 18-year-old Ricky Jones. Ricky, along with his siblings, had been removed from his home by child services when he was a younger boy. Sounds like there was a reason no one was looking for him when he, yeah. Yeah, when he up and disappeared. Ricky did have a few mishaps and got in trouble with the law, but nothing made you to report. In fact, when Regina first went missing, Ricky was a su- suspect because of his history, even though he was missing as well. So that makes me sad, too. Yeah, they so think he's a bad person right he there. He was also missing, but they just assumed he was probably the one... I don't know. That's sad. No, I get what you're saying. That's absolutely sad. Ricky's friends referred to him as a shy and non-aggressive person. Many have said that they believe Regina and Ricky were truly in love and were running off to Mexico. So it sounds like they really did love each other. They decided to make the horrible decision to hitchhike because it was the cheapest way. Neither of them had any money. I'm sure being murdered by a madman and tortured never crossed their minds because they would never have been hitchhiking if they thought that. Everybody always thinks, not here, not me. Exactly. Until it is. Like, I, I, I say that all the time, guys. Remember that. Yep. 
It's not you until it is you. Yep. It's not this time until it is. I know. Please let that sink in and just be on your guard. Yeah. Regina is the most known victim of the truck stop killer due to the eerie last photo ever taken of her right before her murder. So she's the most known because that is such a scary photo. That is a really, really, like, it's just tears captured. your heart out of you it's when you captured, see it. It's captured, the fear. Unfortunately, I couldn't really find much other of other information about this young couple, which makes me so sad because, of course, there was a ton of freaking information on the killer. Yeah, always is. Always is. Patricia Candice, quote unquote, Candy, Walsh, Ziskowski, and Doug Ziskowski were just newlyweds when they met the monster who took their lives. They left Seattle, Washington, November of 1989. The couple made the decision to hitchhike to Georgia to be part of a religious workshop. Their family members made many attempts to contact them, and when they never heard back, they decided to contact the authorities and report them missing. Douglas's remains were found in January of 1990, near El Paso, Texas. Remember, Robert had no need for him, so he killed him right away. His body wasn't identified until 1992. Patricia's body was found in Utah in 1990, but her body couldn't be identified until 2003 using DNA and dental records. Patricia's brother said that she was a dedicated follower of Jesus Christ and would share the good news with anyone that would listen. I assume Douglas shared the same beliefs as Patricia. Again, sadly, there wasn't much information out there about these victims. Guys, please don't ever hitchhike. You never know who you could possibly meet. No, you can't. Do you know the most famous hitchhiking scene in any movie ever that taught you not to hitchhike? Uh, No. Charity, come on. You're letting me down here. This is Pee Wee's big adventure. Oh. Do you not remember Large Marge? I do remember Large Marge now that you say so. On this very night, 10 years ago, along the same stretch of road, in a dense fog just like this. Guys, his face. I remember that movie. That movie freaked me out. That was one of the scariest movies I remember seeing when I was younger, thinking it was a kid's movie, and it's not. (laughs) You and your scaredness. I'm kind of a wimp when it comes to that kind of stuff. He is. I told him I wanted to make him watch scary movies he's never seen before. Yeah, no, I'm also. And he told me no. Maybe we should do that someday for, uh, no, we should. We should watch one live. Absolutely, and And, broadcast it. And broadcast Mark's face. Well, here's an idea. Uh, do you have more of the case to go here? All right. So now let's let's spitball. This is what me and Charity do. This is how we come up with these dumb ideas that we do. <laughs> what we should do is pick a movie. Yes. Pick or a time. Have the crime creeps help us pick? No, 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 no. Oh, okay. No, no. This is you need to pick a scary movie. Oh, I do. Okay. To I can't scare wait. me. Okay. Okay. But we pick a time that works for everybody, and we watch it together. Okay. And we, they watch us live comment on it. We, you know, they get the two screen experience. They get the movie going and they get to see me being a wimp over here covering. This is actually great. Like I I'm actually excited. This. I would watch a scary movie with you, Miss Charity, if we were doing it this way. Oh, is it because you have your creeps to protect you when you get scared? You, oh my God. So that little, little secret out. What I do when I get scared watching a movie is like, I just like, oh, I could look something up on my phone. I like I'm taking phone your phone away then. <laughs> no, because you'll get, you'll get caught. They'll, they'll I say, know, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. We have to do this. I got to think of a really good movie. Hey, uh, Crime Creeps, does this sound like a good idea to you? I think it sounds like a great idea. Let us know. Give us some movie suggestions. Hey. Actually, now that Charity's in the Crime Creep group, guys, conspire with her. 
Yes. Pick out a movie to scare me. I actually like this idea. We have to do it. I love this idea. You know what would make it even better? What? We do it in the haunted studio. Yes. We have to do it. Can we have popcorn? I don't know. We'll have to see if the boy likes it. Oh, well. I want some. We're going to get some locks and bagels so Gilbert doesn't scare me either. Yeah, we'll just get a bunch of stuff. Before we came here to record, I was up at the other studio earlier in the day, and like Gilbert's freaking call kept going through my head all the time. That's awesome. And by the way, who were you? We I want to know they're who not gonna, I don't think they're gonna you were, because that was like one of the best calls. I have played that for everybody. Yep. And I'm like, you got to listen to this. It was great. So good. Let me know who you were. I want to send you a sticker. If you didn't already get one. Actually, I'll send you two because you just made my day. Yep. All right, guys. That does it for us. We'll see you on the next one. Bye, guys. See ya. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low-net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.